Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, July 18th, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we explore the subtle details that separate the good from the bad in user experience design for smartwatches. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Hello there. Hello. Ah, your sound is so much better. (laughs) Sorry, you were kind of breaking up there. I'm having problems today. Yeah, that was weird earlier. Yeah, we had a uh, conference call earlier with, uh, it was like a six-way Skyper. Mm Mm-hmm. And I unplugged my headphones from the computer and everything went haywire after that. Wow. So, that was not good. Good thing you're getting a new computer. Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> love that a totally maxed out uh macbook air 13 nice yeah. nice i went up to the 13 from the 11 because the battery life is three extra hours uh, i actually like the 11 better but i like the size of the 11 except for the fact that i can't see it that well well that's a drag that's not good yeah, yeah i mean I have, a, I have a chromebook about the same size and it's okay mm-hmm. for things i use a chromebook for but i wouldn't want to like work on it right i have a i have uh Two Chromebooks? One. I just, I think I have the CR48 or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. No, no, I have a Samsung and it's, it's pretty nice. I really like it, but the hardware is nowhere near as nice as a MacBook yeah. Air, of course. So I, I could actually see myself getting along with a Chromebook for my, for most of my use, but I still like for stuff like the podcast, you need, you know, yeah, yeah. something that runs Java. Yeah. Now I have, a, I have an Acer C720, I think, and it's, I mean, you know, it, the build quality is not bad. It's 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 well made, but it's it's all plastic. <laughs> yeah, there's some HP's got some super thin ones. I'm thinking about getting one. Um, well, I was thinking about getting one for Cooper, but there's a, just a couple of deal breakers where he's like, "Nah, I really like certain things he wants." Yeah. So he's gonna get my 11 inch because he's gonna break Erica's 13 inch. Mm. Because it's just like he just like. I tell him to be, he doesn't, he's not used to being careful with the iPad because they're pretty durable actually compared to a laptop. Yeah. And, uh, just like crumbs in the keyboard and closing it with a pencil in the hinge or whatever. Oh, you know, I have, I have an old MacBook I could send you if you want. Like one of the old white ones. Oh, But it runs Minecraft. That's tempting. We have. Yeah. It's just sitting in a shell and it's sitting in the bookshelf on like in a bookcase here. We're not using it at all. Oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll take you up on that. We have a pile of old MacBooks too. So maybe I'll. I mean, the one I'm going to retire actually isn't the 11. It's the MacBook Pro that I'm talking to you on. So uh, perhaps I will give him that one a nice big 15-inch glossy screen. Yeah. So we shall see. So very excited about that. I don't even care about your fire pit. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, you know, that's funny. I, I was started to say something earlier when you said you were ordering, ordering your um your laptop and you were talking about getting a, a fully specced out MacBook Air. And I thought, you know, I'm not so much jealous of the laptop itself, just the fact that you can like see to use a laptop as your main computer. <laughs> oh, right. Because there yeah, are like- so many times when I would love to go sit somewhere else or, or go out somewhere. And mm. I can use it for work, but mm. I don't want to use it for work all day long. Right. Yeah, that's a drag. Yeah. 
Like I, I need the 21 inch screen. Have you ever messed around with the, with the monitor goggles? Monitor goggles? No, I haven't. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't, I, th- I mean, they're re- obviously really close to your eyes. Yeah. Uh, or in your case, I, I. so one would think that it would be good. I mean, just for the portable use case. So you like go someplace mm-hmm. and just plug in the goggle and, uh, you use it at like a coffee shop or something for a little while. Before you go home. Yeah. I couldn't use the Google glass. This is different though. This is, that yeah, is like projected like on a prism. Field. I've never used one, but I've seen them before where you can, they they sort of advertised as privacy for if you're flying a lot and you don't want people looking at your computer screen, you can put on mm-hmm. these goggles and it projects the monitor onto the goggles and you can't see anything else. It's not like glass where you're, right, it's right. overlaid. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Might be worth trying. Yeah. yeah. My my plan actually is to take my wireless keyboard and mouse out into my living room with my 50-inch TV and just sit at the couch. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because I used to do it with the 42, and it was a little bit of a squint. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I've... So we're actually jumping into... It's okay if we jump into housekeeping because this is related. Mm-hmm. Um. The speaking of sending things to your TV, the uh, new version of the Chromecast app for Android will it has a new option in the menu. So you like so you install the Chromecast app on your phone, which previously you just used to configure your Chromecasts, mm-hmm. and now there's an option in there to uh, just cast your screen. Nice. Yeah. So you just like you're just straight up air playing your whatever is on your phone is on your TV now. Nice. Now my question about this because I was doing this the other day with uh, Kira's iPod Touch. We we're air playing mm-hmm. it to via the Apple TV mm-hmm. to the television in the living room mm-hmm. because we were <laughs> we were poking around at her little fire a little fireworks app. It was the Fourth of July and we had a bunch of people over. Yeah. And we were just playing, but it did not like you could rotate the iPod. To landscape mode but it didn't change on screen no this is this is like you're looking at at your phone on the tv it is exactly everything so you, so, so the orientation will change yes so your, your awesome. tv flips up on the side no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> imagine if it did that <laughs> whoa Whoa. Oh. um no so what happens is if your phone obviously your tv is a landscape orientation always yeah. Uh, so if you're holding your phone in portrait mode, it's like a narrow slip. It, it like yeah, it max yeah. heights it in the center, so you have huge black area on either side of the screen. Yeah, like it, we did it on iOS, and it was stuck that way. And I'm like, man, there's so much wasted real estate here. Like, I should be able to use it in landscape mode because that would actually fit the TV that way. Right. I mean, like, as my experience with AirPlay is very limited because I unplugged my Apple TV after like ten minutes. Yeah, so, we just use it for Doctor Who. That's about it. Well, you can I only think that might even be on Amazon Prime now. So, is it isn't it the case that you can't you can't AirPlay your whole phone? You can only AirPlay like certain apps, right? No. No, you can AirPlay the whole phone. Yeah. Okay, but it doesn't respect the orientation. No, it doesn't. That's wacky. Yeah. At least if it does, there's some setting that makes it do it that we couldn't find. I see. Well, the Chromecast is exactly what you'd, ex- the, the casting your phone is exactly what you expect. So you could be playing a game on your phone and just like broadcast it to the TV and you could just watch the TV oh. and play it on your phone. 
uh, using the phone as the controller, or you could let other people watch what's going on on your phone while you're playing it on your like instant gaming console in my pocket. <laughs> it's freaking sweet. It is awesome. so. It's such. It seems like such a simple. I mean, who knows how complicated it was to implement, but it seems like such. I just want this screen to be on that screen. Yeah. No exceptions, no messing around, no fanciness, no nothing. Just whatever pixel is on the screen, put it on that screen. And, yeah, not just pixels, but also audio. Nice. Awesome. Which means that I can finally listen to my audiobooks on any TV in the house from any phone. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can. Because it broadcasts the whole... It Basically, it's the audio out. So whatever app... It doesn't matter. Like, it... it I was about to say that it doesn't matter anymore which video or audio applications integrate uh, Chromecast internally, but it still mm-hmm. does because the way that Chromecast work is super Chromecast normally works is super slick, where you're just passing a URL to the TV and then the TV accesses it directly. Yeah, you're not actually streaming it from your device. You're right. just saying go to this URL. Right. So you can continue to use your phone uh, to pause play fast forward and volume all that stuff but it's not overtaking your phone you're just controlling the tv remotely based on a url that you sent to it yeah which is great for any publicly available content but if you're using like a native application that's not publicly available at some url so that doesn't make sense so the video is like uh, i mean the tv that I've, I've tested it on so far is i think only a 27 inch tv so it's not it doesn't look blurry there's a half second lag maybe but it doesn't matter it's mm-hmm. great it's great it's great it's great and for like for 40 bucks for that chromecast it's like a yeah, no-brainer that's, that's awesome and the new I'm, I'm liking the chromecast more and more the more i use it i'm like i'm finding even that i i got a roku 3 the same time i got the chromecast mm-hmm. and i'm finding that i rarely use the chrome or the roku because most of what i want to watch is either yeah you know, I, I can i just like i can send it from the chromecast right yeah, you like discover it on your phone and you send it to the TV instead of like sitting down in front of the TV and browsing around the old... That's the old way. Yeah. The old way is you turn on the TV and you start looking for something. So, and so side note, I don't know if I mentioned this, but um, Cooper saw me do it once. Mm-hmm. Or he, he was aware that it could be done because he didn't see me do it, but he was in the room and he's like, oh, oh, my, it's all cool. Like YouTube's <laughs> on the TV. And then he saw me... I paused it on the phone so he was aware that it was a possibility yeah and i came upstairs the other day and he had chromecasted something to the, or he had like uh it wasn't actually chromecast it was something called airplay which is a third-party app mm-hmm. he airplayed something from uh erica's laptop yeah from somewhere yeah. to the tv and i was like how did, <laughs> how did you do that <laughs> he was like i just took that thing right there duh duh you just do this and that this dad right so i mean this and then then you push the button on your vcr and the little and the clock stops blinking and (laughs) (laughs) oh man speaking of clocks Mm -hmm. now that you brought nice there's a zen (laughs) clock update there is a zen clock update (laughs) (laughs) and it doesn't blink at all it's a nice smooth relaxing experience it is at your request i got rid of the seconds yes and replaced them with a little circle that goes around and around inspired by the watch you sent me yeah i love it i absolutely love it because like as the seconds changed the text was centered in the screen so it mm-hmm. kind of like jag around yeah and i thought about well, i could use a fixed width font but then i went yeah but i really like that one mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah so i thought well let's do something cool and and 
and fun. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, that, um, I don't know if you've taken a look at any of the code. I did not. For that, but it's, it's the first project I've done in a long time that has any kind of animation effects and stuff where I'm not using jQuery. Mm. Cool. It's just all straight up Java, plain vanilla JavaScript and CSS. Gotcha. That's and, awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. Like, I I use jQuery probably every day for for work stuff because it just some things it just makes so much easier. Mm-hmm. But and for big projects that makes a lot of sense. But for something small like this, like it was actually just really refreshing to not use a third party library because I'm writing only the code I need to do exactly what I need, and it's all like super clean. Yeah, it has a judo feel to it. Yeah, you're just like wow. Done. <laughs> yeah, it's like a hundred lines of JavaScript, and yeah, yeah, it's just less to. You know, I'm not going to knock jQuery. I use it a lot. It's great, especially in cross-platform situations. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm not knocking it either. But uh, it does feel really good when you can just quickly type up some stuff that that just is works, and it's like not yeah, whatever. It's, it's yeah, fun. just it's like fun. the simplicity of it. It's mm-hmm. Super fun. Yeah. That was my little takeaway from that. Yes. So it looks really cool. People should check it out. Um, there's going to be a bunch of links in the show notes this week. ZenClock will be one of them. But it's a nice URL. I love it. ZenClock.co. Thank you. Bang. Love it. Yeah. I, like it. I got it instead of the CC. Yeah. I, well, CC is more expensive. And I've, and the thing about... I, I'm kind of digging CO now. I didn't yeah. like it at first because it looks like a typo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it looks like someone typoed zenclock.com <laughs> right but uh i like it i like zenclock.co i'm seeing more and more dot co's I'm, I'm digging them yeah uh let's see so speaking of updates <laughs> segueing wildly <laughs> because segueing it's almost wildly. dinner time <laughs> segueing with wild abandon <laughs> <laughs> i just got a picture of, like this on a segue and yeah. So we're going at like three miles an hour and this is like some wild ride. Yeah, three miles yeah. an hour up on one wheel. <laughs> <laughs> can you do a wheelie on a Segway? How do you do that? The whole thing's a wheelie. I don't think you can. <laughs> it's yeah. like a perpetual wheelie. <laughs> it is. Perpetual wheelie. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I released an update to Feathers yes. a while ago. It's just a tiny one. Like, There's still some things I want to do in terms of tweaking Tweaking the code that I haven't had time to do yet, but I did release a tiny update to make it compatible with Rails 4.1. Cool. Remind people what Feathers is. Uh, Feathers is my little, I hate bootstrap, Mm. Ruby gem that just gives you some uh, very basic CSS uh, defaults for like typography and some button styles and some menu bar styles and like widgets basically, but there's not really any layout logic in there. It's just some basic typography and widgets um, for quickly, like I use it a lot for quickly prototyping like interfaces and things like that. And I actually know of at least one person who uses it in a real world real world situations. So <laughs> Production. Yeah, well no, not production. Oh. But uh, I know Wyatt uses it um, like he when he wants to set up a like a basic app for example when they're doing an interview and they want to have a developer come in and write code and they'll they'll use that to build the basic he'll use that to build a basic UI for them to to um 
so they have something decent to look at when they're working on on the um the rails application for interviews and stuff like that cool so if people want to check out a a lightweight uh bootstrap alternative feathers is mm-hmm. makes it very easy especially for rails friendly people yes Yes. Or you cool. could just pull the CSS out and, and just use it. I think I may actually have just the CSS somewhere, too. I'm not sure if it's in the repo or not. But Gotcha. Yeah, cool. Um, as you may recall from last week, dear listener, we talked about um, a new feature of Firefox for Android that allows you to package... Um, Firefox OS apps as native applications on Android, which is super, super cool. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like PhoneGap without even the little bit of PhoneGap that you need to do normally. <laughs> so you, the, the basic premise is that you, or the basic out, uh, outcome is that you've got a website, uh, it's got a manifest file that Firefox OS understands, and you install it. And there's like this really smooth install flow from the Firefox browser. You can either do it on the marketplace for Firefox or you can uh, add a button. Yeah, just put a little bit of button, a little JavaScript on your own website. It only, only Mozilla understands the button, so they have to open it in Firefox. But uh, once you do that, it installs to the home screen like a totally native app. It's great. It's so cool. Cool. Yeah. It's phone it, gap, phone gap without phone gap. Yeah, it's the well. I mean, the the great, the really exciting thing about this is that the the underlying premise, like the tagline of phone gap, is that it's the browser of the future, and that the goal of the project was for phone gap not to have to exist. Mm-hmm. Adobe probably feels differently about that now that they bought it, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, the underlying code base is open source and free and MIT or Apache licensed, so you know Cordova, so. Um, but this is this is a step in the right direction, and I would not be surprised if other browsers followed suit, particularly Chrome. Yes, I would hope they do. Yes, but the question, there was an outstanding question last week, was whether or not you had to have Firefox installed persistently in order for the runtime to work. Right. Or you have to have like, Firefox to get them on the phone in the first place. Yes. But once they're on there, can you remove Firefox? Exactly, exactly. And so I tested that and uh, installed the Kilo firefox os app to my nexus 5 deleted firefox the browser and then Mm -hmm. launched kilo and uh, it does require firefox to run but they have a really nice flow like they totally thought this through Mm -hmm. and it, it pops open and it says oh this app requires that firefox be installed in order to run do you want to install it you just click installs and opens the app you don't have to go through the Play Store or anything. Uh, well, it sends you to the Play Store and you download oh, okay. it and it opens. It's and it's like it's, but it's very user friendly. It's like it's like a one click operation. It takes you right to the Play Store. You know exactly what to do when you get there because you already installed a bunch of apps. Mm-hmm. You just download it and everything works. So you nice. could you could theoretically distribute the app directly to anyone off your website. I haven't tested this. Maybe next week mm-hmm. we'll have an update on that. But if you could get the little binary off of your phone, which you can totally get off of Android, you could potentially distribute that and people wouldn't even have to have Firefox in the first place and they just launch the thing and it would be like, oh. Would tell them to go get it. Right. Interesting. So it, yeah. I mean, that's just a guess. Like I said, I'll update you next week. But that would be, I mean, that's even 
more amazing. You know? Yeah, it's like, yeah, you have to send me the binary. Yeah, exactly. So you can try it out. Um, so very, very, very cool. I just love that trend. Uh, it's super exciting. So, so I was, you know, I was like, oh, I'll be bummed if you have to have Firefox installed. But the the user journey is so smooth and and simple that I'm actually not that bummed. Yeah. For the level of effort, it's like a bizarrely simple way <laughs> to to get a native feeling app, a native hybrid app on your phone. That's really cool. Yes, very cool. I'm glad that they thought out that that workflow there because it would be easy to just be like, oh, well, we deleted Firefox. We're going to delete all your Firefox apps that you saved or we're just going to like, not mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or it just like, yeah, it just break. Like you could see them saying, oh, well, if they installed it, they must have Firefox. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's how people at Mozilla talk. <laughs> they talk like they're from Southern Cal. Southern California, dude. And they go surfing. Actually, everybody I've ever met from Firefox isn't even from the U.S., never mind Southern California. <laughs> anyway. So that is really cool. I like. I really like the way they did that, and I hope they do more. I hope Chrome does it too. Cool. Yeah, I hope they do. Uh boy, it would be really great. I know Safari will never do it, but it would be a nice replacement for that complete crap uh, standalone mode screen. that they have. Oh, what a mess. <laughs> yeah, but that's why they'll never do it. <laughs> They've got the add to home screen. Yeah, they put that in before they... That, they put that in when they were still talking about having web apps as the apps. Yeah. 2007. Yeah, before they went with the whole app store model. That native app store thing. Uh, cool. So that I just wanted to also mention while we're in housekeeping that there is a, mm -hmm. um, a video available of a webinar that I did for O'Reilly last month called building apps that run everywhere. And, Very uh, cool. yes, listeners of the podcast might be interested in that. I apologize that the audio is so horrible, but that's the way it is. It's mm -hmm. like very muffled, but, um, but you get a nice walkthrough of sort of a first, a big picture of like the mobile industry and like why it's important to worry about this, which is probably preaching to the choir for the dear listener. Uh, but then some details about how to use jQuery and PhoneGap and like, look, you know, in 30 minutes, I go from zero to uh, installed application, uh, which is, it's pretty fun. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Cool beans. Cool. What the I think I, I think I sat through a similar one that you did like that once and yeah, it, it was, it was actually my first experience using phone gap and yeah, it was really good. I mean, I was, I was up and running and had a, a little app going in, in no time. It's pretty eye opening when people see it. Um, yeah. If you, it, I don't know for sure, but if it was a while ago, I probably did it locally. Yeah, yeah, you didn't locally. have phone get build or anything like that. Yeah, I don't even bother with that anymore. Like, oh. like I don't even bother with local phone gap anymore. I just do build, and it's like, that's that. Um, the only reason I would do is sometimes build is like a, a a like a slight version behind the actual phone gap, mm -hmm. um, or you might need an older version of phone gap for some weird reason, so you have to do it manually locally. But I don't even like. I wouldn't even bother. And that's like this Firefox phone, <laughs> the Firefox OS thing. It's like, yeah, if I didn't care about iOS. Yeah. Now, now all they need is a, they need a really good cloud based IDE and you can it's like do everything. Mm. 
Yeah, there's a uh, the the cloud IDE for Pebble, the smartwatch mm-hmm. stuff is. Yeah, that is the way everything really cool. should be. It is out of control. Yeah, it is so great. It is so amazing. You just like it's it's similar to PhoneGap Build in that you just mm-hmm. like point it at a GitHub repo, and it pulls sucks everything in. It reads the manifest file. It does what it's supposed to do, but then in, in uh, with PhoneGap you phone get build you then like oh you know you 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 do well you can actually do that on your phone you just go on your phone and you type in like a github url or paste it in a github url and it compiles and then you can like click on a button right there for the platform and it installs on yeah. your phone so that that is pretty good i have to say yeah it is it is you know if memory serves i'm thinking back years ago i i think when heroku was in beta it was actually a web-based IDE for build, and and you could build. They actually had a web-based IDE where you could build your Rails app right there on the Heroku platform. You might be thinking of Cloud Nine. No, I'm pretty sure Heroku beta started out this way. Huh. Before they went to to just the um the hosting. You can see it. Like there's a thing called Cloud Nine. And there's another one called Code yeah. Anywhere. Yeah, Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine is the 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 newest, or one of the newest ones, I think. And I, I poked around it a little, with it a little bit, but I haven't really had a chance to do much with it because it just doesn't really, doesn't really fit into my current workflow. Right. But I, I think the original beta version, like original Heroku beta, used to be this sort of thing, hmm. and which obviously they've gone in a different direction with it. But right. Yeah, trying to get developers off their tools is not an easy thing. Yeah. No, it's not. So well, maybe the dear listener will remember that. Remember if that yeah, was. Yeah, maybe the way someone it was. can correct me if I'm wrong. That's uh, always fun. Yeah, I will be. I will be <laughs> jump over the front of the line. I'm gonna <laughs> Google for it now. Yeah, so funny like Kelly week. was wrong. <laughs> um. Yeah. Cool. So we have. Uh, speaking of smartwatches, mm-hmm. in the cloud IDE for Pebble. I got my Galaxy Gear Li- or Samsung Gear Live watch last week. You did, and I am surprisingly unjealous. Oh yeah, this, this, it doesn't really interest me. Are you? Oh, and why is that? Um, watches in general, or this particular one? I mean, you know, the more I think about it, I think kind of watches in general. Mm-hmm. Probably has a lot to do with my eyesight. Yeah, I was gonna say, I can barely see the thing. Yeah, and it's useless outside. Yeah, so there's so there's there are some hardware things with the Gear Live in particular, and there are some software things with the, with the Android Wear in particular that I suppose are worth calling out. Um, the the and this is this is the feature, by the way. <laughs> so like we're segueing so fast, I don't even have time for yeah interstitials. Um. The screen is absolutely gorgeous, high resolution, deep black, wonder like just amazing font reproduction, but you can't see the thing outside at all. Yeah. <laughs> at all. It's a mirror. Like it, it's not even a functional watch outside. No. You can't even cover it with your hand and see it. Yeah. It's invisible. So that's not good. No. Uh but uh and, and on the flip side, 
if you're, you're like going, it's like nighttime, Eric is asleep, I come to bed late, it's like lights up the entire room. <laughs> it's super, super bright. Like, hey, look, I'm wearing a watch. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, I you can't really fault them for it. I guess, but, and it's the kind of thing that they can fix with software. You can make it smarter right now. It's kind of a pain to change the brightness settings. It's not really easy. I'm surprised it doesn't have an auto. Yeah, it doesn't. You just pick a, you pick a setting. I I assume it doesn't have, it must have some kind of proximity sensor because you can shut the screen off by covering it with your palm, but Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't appear to be any actual ambient light sensor i think it's more of a some kind of physical proximity or something about the touch screen where it's like oh the hand somebody's hand is on the entire screen mm. uh, it's really unpredictable about when that when it'll come on and when it doesn't and so like it's hard to make it come on when you want it to and it comes on when you yeah. don't want it to and but all that stuff will get fixed the real problem the thing that they can't fix is that the the visibility is just even yeah. max brightness you cannot see the thing in sunlight Which I suspected that would be the case. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing about, um, the other thing about the touchscreen is that just like the, um, our conversations in past episodes about the uh, iPod nano, the square iPod nano. It's almost too small. It's yeah. Well, so the thing is you, it's about that size. As a matter of fact, it's it's almost exactly that size. If mm-hmm. you know, I don't. I lost my round. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's the actual viewable area is almost exactly appears to be about exactly the same size as that Square iPod Nano. Mm-hmm. And when you interact with the content, you're blocking like fifty percent of the screen every time, which is this very jarring. It's okay because the targets are big and you can hit them and everything, but it's this very jarring experience where you you are blocking your view. Like you're constantly looking around your finger. You like block yeah, it. Yeah, constantly something. moving your finger in and out. And Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so I, I'm sort of, again, from a hardware standpoint, uh, the Pebble, I really like the fact that it has it has buttons on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have some drawbacks too, uh, which is that sometimes you have to really do this weird grip with your other hand in order to get at the button that you want. Or if you have something else in your other hand, you can't use it with your nose as I've done with the <laughs> Gear Live. <laughs> yeah, I, I use my Kindle with my nose <laughs> all the time. Yeah, Paper so, white, so 20 pages go. with my nose. Yeah, well, it's right it's right in front of there. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to hold it pretty close to my face to to read it compared to most people, so it's really it's really not much of a stretch. <laughs> so, yeah, so you get those, like you can imagine like getting your, your place getting dusted for prints and being like, what the heck is on it? <laughs> It's my nose. <laughs> I wonder if your nose has a fingerprint. Uh, well, it would have a nose print. But well, I guess it definitely has that. That's, is, a, that's is a it good unique? question. Is it unique? Yeah. Do you have a unique? Does, do we have unique nose prints? I know ear prints are unique. That makes sense because ears are weird. Yeah. Huh? But the tip of your nose, I wonder. Hmm. Probably not. I guess a crime scene wouldn't typically have a bunch of nose prints all over it. Oh, I, I guess not. Unless they stopped and read their Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> so, f- so funnily enough, so that the buttons on the side, I think the buttons, I think physical buttons are the way to go on a, on a watch. Uh, but I don't think the pebbles are perfect either. Um, mm-hmm. I used to have a dumb phone in the nineties that I absolutely loved that had a scroll wheel on the side. Ah. 
and interesting it, yeah if 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 there was like a really nice looking watch that had like a, a stainless steel scroll wheel that you could scroll up and down and push it in to yeah, select like right under the display or something oh it'd be so nice in fact yeah it should be under the display and not on the side where the crown usually is because mm-hmm. because when you when you at least with me when you're pushing buttons on the side of the the, the like the right or left hand side of the watch face you're pushing it out of the position on your wrist where it sits most comfortably yeah so you're constantly adjusting your watch it's really annoying yeah that is really annoying so you know how watches are after you wear them for a while like they find a spot right yeah and it just like feels watch, like yeah it feels like your pants are pulled up too high yeah yeah you know, like or you, like it's like getting a new pair of glasses mm-hmm. and then like I, I got a new pair of glasses about a month ago and i still have not gotten them perfect yet (laughs) yeah they gotta settle yeah they gotta settle in so uh, so the the thing about the touchscreen though is that i don't dislike it as much as i expected Mm -hmm. it's pretty good because it is really convenient it doesn't displace the physical watch on your wrist it's pretty it's pretty good yeah it's a little bit unpredictable a lot of advantages the size is a little prohibitive but other than that Mm -hmm. it's not too bad the thing about it that that bugs me is that I would rather have physical buttons because I assume that they would drastically increase. So like, I think if you had just a screen, not a touch screen and buttons, it would mm-hmm. significantly decrease the cost of the device. That's true. And it would increase the user experience in terms of accuracy because the touch is still, it's janky and it's not, I don't think it's the software's fault. Mm-hmm. It's, there's just not a lot of room for your finger like so if you swipe right and you're not perfectly horizontal it's a short swipe so it could get interpreted as a you know it's, it's a like, tap yeah or, is it a tap yeah. or is it up or is it you know yeah like, which, which way is it it's one thing if it was just um like non-gesture but like just taps but it's not it is very gestural you swipe down to do this you swipe up to do that you swipe left or right to do this and that and that's all well and good but you have to have room to do those gestures right and if you got big old fat fingers like me it's like you're like the amount of distance that's actually covered is pretty small yeah so it's nothing compared to it's 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 always going to be less accurate than like physical controls yeah it feels like it's either going to be less accurate or really oversensitive exactly it feels oversensitive right now that's i feel like that's where they are right now so i would like to see and i'm sure we will see d-pad type stuff or trackballs or scroll wheels i'm sure we'll see mm-hmm. all of that in every those option little nubs like the laptops that had the little nubs Oof, i don't want that i hate those <laughs> the eraser in the middle of the keyboard yeah you, you don't want to watch nipple <laughs> i i love to watch nipple <laughs> <laughs> oh wait that's a different question sorry <laughs> yeah um they usually travel in pairs in my experience usually <laughs> that's a sleeper joke for the old farts in the crowd um where was we <laughs> so a heart but another while we're talking about hardware there's no comparison um design wise just look and feel the the gear live is gorgeous is overstating it but compared to the pebble it is a premium it looks like a really nice really nice sports watch like nice. you you could wear it with it a suit is pushing it but you could definitely go out you know it's nice it's yeah, not like it doesn't look could, like a swatch <laughs> it's not made of plastic 
Yeah, I mean, the pebble is just so ugly. Yeah, that's a shame. Right. Yeah. So now the flip side is that I, you know, the pebble, uh, I, I purposely have been forcing myself to wear the gear live since I got it. It's been about a week. Right, because I know you've been wearing the pebble. I st- Well, I stopped wearing I was wearing them both for the first day or two. And then you realize you look like an idiot. And I was like, I, I look like Inspector Gadget. <laughs> so I really need to, I need to wean myself off the pebble, which I am totally addicted to. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, and the battery is still over 50% and it's been a week. On the pebble? On the pebble. And granted, I'm not using it, but it's still keeping time. And it's yeah. still checking the internet every five minutes for kilo updates. And I mean, right. the thing lasts forever. Uh, which moves us into the battery conversation about, and in fact, the reason why I think this is important and we're bringing it up is not like to review the gear live. It's more for people, you know, developers to get a sense of, uh, I think the, the, these are the limitations we're dealing with limitations, but also um, we're going to get to benefits though, too. And like the, and and like the things that you should keep in mind when you're programming for these devices. Mm -hmm. So we're getting there. Um, and, and also the viability of the the device as a mass market consumer electronic offering, which I believe it will right. be, be very successful. Yeah, I think I think it will too. Um, so the so the thing about the battery, the the gear lasts about twenty eight hours, which is super lame. And I thought I was going to hate it, and I do not like it. But the good news is that there's a there's another factor that comes into play with rechargeable batteries, which is not just mm-hmm. the lifespan of it, but how long it takes you to charge it up to full. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. But I, something you can, you can kind of get into the habit of putting it on a charge before you go to bed. But I, so the thing with the watch is I want to wear it while I'm in bed because not yeah. only does it track, uh, it tracks stuff while you're asleep. Uh, not this one in particular, but a lot of them do, mm-hmm. but I use it, I use it as much at night as I do during the day. Well, maybe not as much, but like I check it multiple times throughout the night. Yeah. Like Maggie, Maggie wapes. Uh, I look at the, my, my watch and like, Oh, it's, it's five. She's going to go back to sleep or it's four. She's going to go back to sleep or there's, I set an alarm on it. I want the alarm on me. I don't want it over mm-hmm. on the desk or whatever. But so what I found is that it'll charge up to full in the time it takes me to take a shower. Oh, that's, that's really good. Yeah. So it is waterproof, but I don't, I wouldn't wear it in there because you need soap all over it. But so you just yeah. take it off in the shower, charge it while it's, while you're in the shower and get out and it's basically full. Yeah. Not, not taking long to charge is, is a good thing. Yeah. I have, I have like these wireless, these wireless headphones that I'm wearing. I use them all the time because I, I love not having the wire and they charge in like 15 minutes. Yeah. That's key. So like if you can, that's it, the reason I like the 11 inch MacBook Air was like it lasts, the battery lasts for a really long time. But then when you went to charge it, it took like half an hour and you were full. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something people don't think of a lot. They think, well, the battery life has this many hours, but yeah, but am I going to have to charge it for like four hours? Yeah. Like I can get eight more hours out of this laptop during a layover in Chicago. Right. Cause you can charge it up. Right. So that's a major consideration. Yeah. Like, it seems like it took my iPhone forever to charge. Yeah, my iPad my iPad Air just takes forever to charge. Mm-hmm. It takes all night, which is a, it's a horrible. You get up in the morning, it's still not full. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the Moto X takes 
couple of hours, but nowhere near as much as my iPhone did. Mm. Yeah, charging time is a... Ow! <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I had a, a depth perception fail there. <laughs> <laughs> and now... I whacked my head on the mic. <laughs> good job. <laughs> it sounded yeah. funny, actually. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> the problem with one eye. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, lots of depth perception. Yeah, fails. sometimes it, usually I'm a pretty good judge just because I've been doing it for 36 years. But sometimes, yeah, I just kind of fail entirely there. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It was Elvis. Wow. Um. So let's let's actually pull it out. So like, just watches in general. Mm-hmm. So so bottom line on the Galaxy Gear Live, or I keep calling it that. It's it's the Samsung Gear Live. Uh, it is good and it's approximately the same price as a pebble. And I don't know which one I would recommend. I think mm-hmm. it comes down to personal taste. Um, but they're, they're and both how much really time good. You spend in the sunlight. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really the difference between a Kindle fire and a Kindle paperweight and a paperweight. It really yeah. is. It's the same yeah. thing. So in, in, in fact, it's the same thing in more ways than we've even discussed yet, which is this next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've been thinking about this a lot. I've been, been having all sorts of Twitter conversations with people trying to get feedback from people. And it's like, when you really boil it down, why do you wear a, a regular watch in the first place? Why, yeah. why, why is it because so important? Because it's easier to tell the time on a watch than it is to pull out my phone. Even it's before faster. phones, even before phones. Like why did anybody ever start wearing a wristwatch? To know what time it was. Why? Because I do things at certain times. Because you have to make a decision. So you... Or I want to know how much longer, or when I was younger, I wanted to know how much longer I have to suffer through that class before it was over. Yeah, there's that. So, but basically I think if if I was going to boil it down to one thing, when I look at my watch, it's because I'm trying to make a decision. Right. It's like, do I have time to order a sandwich or do I not have enough time? Is it not going to get here in time? Yeah. Do I have to, should I yell at Cooper to get his shoes on or can mm-hmm. I just politely ask him again? You know, like, <laughs> and, and then that's when I look at my watch. So like for, for a week, every time I look at my watch, I say to myself, why am I, why am I looking? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like boredom. Yeah. But almost always it's because I was about to make a decision that that hinged on what time it was. It's like, well, do I, like, I, yeah, I do that a lot. It's like, well, do I have time to start working on this and get it done before our meeting? Mm-hmm. Because I really don't want to be interrupted in the middle of it. Yeah. There's a lot of that, yeah. a lot of that. So, so then I get to thinking about, okay, well that was the watch. Like, but what are the other things that you need to make this You know, you don't make, need to know that it's leap year or not every day, five times, <laughs> you know, there's like, well, you don't, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, yeah. I don't know who, like aliens moving at the speed of sound, maybe. Like leprechauns or something. <laughs> I feel like that's information that's important to, if you're a leprechaun. I, I don't know why. It just seems like it would be. Or like maybe frogs are into leap year. <laughs> leap frogs. Leap frogs, yeah. Um, but yeah, but you can see like the weather makes sense because you're like, do I grab an umbrella? Do I grab a sweatshirt? Do I, mm-hmm. do I put flip flops on? Cause you know, like the weather's another one that you, you want to know. And like Kilo is another one. Like I've been, yeah. I've been, I don't have Kilo on the, on the live and it's driving me nuts because like, do I put this food in my mouth or not? Like, can I have this chocolate bar? <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
And I think another another common one is a uh, bank balance in your checking account. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a big one. There's a bunch of you like you make decisions throughout the day. Any decisions that you make throughout repeatedly throughout the day that depend on some piece of information that's not in your head, and may, maybe not even probably not something you even have control over. Like you're, if you have a shared, uh, you know, joint account, uh, the weather obviously you have no control over the time you have no control over. So all of these things, it's like you need to make decisions based on them and you don't want to take 10 seconds to pull out your phone, unlock the screen, launch the app, see the, the results and like, mm-hmm. it, but so, so which segues right into a massive difference between the way you should use a watch and the way you should use a phone or. Yeah. Or, yeah. You don't want to, you're not going to browse the web on a watch. You can't. Right. As, as soon as you get sucked into the watch, it becomes a <laughs> phone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's that's where you're drawing the correlation with the paperwhite. Yes, because the paperwhite the paperwhite has a browser, but right. But you're not gonna. So there's this use it right. There's this level of friction where the the friction of using that browser is higher than just getting a better device. Yeah. So it's like in the old days when you could theoretically browse the internet on a cell phone, like a dumb phone, but it was easier Mm -hmm. to just wait till you got back to the office. (laughs) Right and do it on your computer yeah and it's like i remember the the first dumb phone i had and i was like oh i can use twitter with it and then it's like all i have to do is text such and such but it, you know it had a number pad instead of like a keyboard and mm-hmm. I'm just like oh this is a huge pain i'm not gonna do this <laughs> yeah every letter was three taps yeah so right you just wait you just like forget it yeah. I don't, it's not that important yeah so the so the the interaction or the ux that you need to keep in mind dear listener is that the the watch is for knowing things and the the phone or computer other computing devices are for doing things. Yeah. You you want to mic at the most you're going to microtask on the watch at the most. And like the, you might check off items on a to-do list or check into on Foursquare mm. or yeah, yeah, check off a to-do list, um, dismiss a notification. So the the big one for me is that um, I've you can do you can write an email on the Gear Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do, yeah, and you and I have actually had hangouts where I'm doing my side on the gear. It, it's horrible. Yeah. It's it, horrible. It's full of riddled with typos. Right. It's horrible. And like, and like some of them I couldn't even decipher. Like you just made up completely different sentences. Yeah. You're like, you're like, oh, th- this new thing is so cool. And I respond with Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Italy. Anyway. So here's so here's the thing. So with I didn't actually like the gear live that much the first couple of days because mm-hmm. I was like this thing's just a crap phone on my wrist. <laughs> it has no keyboard. Even as awesome as Google voice recognition is, it's not that awesome. It's it's pretty awesome, but even on the phone I'll correct stuff. So like you can mm-hmm. type a paragraph by talking and then you correct a couple things. But since that's not an option, you have to delete the whole thing and start over and it screws it up again and you start over yeah. and it screws it up again and then you're just an idiot. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it once I um once I noticed what why I was hating it and and like, you know, that feeling when you're like staring at your phone and like things are going on around you and then you realize someone's been talking to you <laughs> because you went to check the weather and then you saw that there was a badge on your oh, email oh, and, and then you then, check oh, something wait, else. It's, it's and my like, turn. Let me click on that YouTube video. You get sucked into yeah. your phone and y- you can't let that happen on the watch. Yeah, I've 
I've suffered character death by getting sucked into my phone. Nice. DMs don't DMs don't like that. <laughs> They're just lightning. Oh, you got hit by a lightning bolt. You weren't. You didn't hear that. No, you're you're dead now. Yeah. Yeah. You started the beholder. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing, and it, it's like so. But the, here's the thing with the gear live though is that if you don't exercise self control, you will start to hate it mm. because you're getting sucked into this crappy phone. Because you're you're letting yourself get sucked into it, and it it's bad for that because the the interface is is not yep. designed for doing things. It's designed for just quickly glancing at available information. Yeah, it's like a slippery slope. And on the yeah. Pebble, there's no slippery slope because you can't do anything. Right. There's a couple All things you can, you can do, do is see the stuff that's. Yeah, there are a couple of very yeah. small things you can do. One button operation, literally, like like. You tap on the four square thing. It's like, do you want to check in or not? Yes or no. Do you want to hang up on this incoming call? Yes or no. Yeah. It's essentially the interaction model on the pebble is basically a confirmed JavaScript dialogue. That's, that's <laughs> the whole interaction model. That's your option. Yes or no. And it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. That, yeah. That sounds like all I want to do is scroll through a list of unread subjects in my inbox. Yeah. And dismiss the ones that you, to them or, yeah, nope, not reply. Just dismiss. And so now what I've been doing is you can even on the, on the live, if you have Gmail, you can actually archive a, mm-hmm. a, a message and it takes about, it's under two seconds, but it's more. So it's like a one and a half seconds. Let's say mm-hmm. you, you see that you see the message. You, if there are five messages in your inbox, you get this stacked notification. So you have to tap on it to see the individual email to like mm-hmm. filter it down to one email. And then um, you, so it expands it's more than two seconds to archive an email. So I don't even do that anymore because it was making me mad. Mm-hmm. So now what I do is just dismiss it. It's essentially the stream that you get on Google Glass. Yeah. And if you just stay at that top level, it's great. You just, you, just, you see the notification, you swipe to the right to throw it away. It throws it away on your phone too. So when you open up your phone and there's not all these notifications that you've already no, seen. Duplicates. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then you, that would be really annoying. Right. And then you can go in and you can archive like easily archive 15 emails in, on your phone in like one second, two seconds. Yeah. So you just leave that to the phone. And like, so the, the thing about it is the thing about it that makes me think people might not like the watch though, is that they won't realize this and they won't no, use the self-control to do stuff. Right. And they're going to be like, this stinks. You know, like yeah. all the stuff that they, the, even in the marketing, the stuff they kind of brag about is all this stuff that I would not do on the watch. You're not going to order yeah. pizza on your watch. Come on. You're going to pull out your phone yeah. and call probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, so I, I feel like, I feel like actually this version of the watch will only catch on with real nerds. And it's, that, it almost lets you do too much. That's that's my point exactly. It's to it's it shouldn't let you do that stuff. You think you want to do it? Like I thought I wanted to archive emails on my phone on my watch, but I don't. I just want to dismiss the notification. Yeah, because there's no way of making it not suck on such a tiny interface. Right. So maybe if they made the the animations are a little slow. It's just there. It's possible that they could make it a little bit better. Like. Like if you could turn off the animation so it just went like from one to the other to the next. Yeah. Or if they didn't group, like they group all of the consecutive emails into one notification. I don't want that. Yeah. 
I want nah. like individual notifications for each thing I want to be notified about. If I could deal with it directly, it wouldn't be like a two, three level drill down to, to yeah, just swipe it. one way to archive, swipe another to dismiss. Exactly. Yeah. Like that should be it. That'd be great. So, um, the, th so the thing is people is like, where is open source? People are going to use it. A lot of different types of watches are going to come out. Some will be touchscreen. Some will have physical controls. There's going to be a million mm -hmm. different, like these are going to catch on at every level, like different kinds of people are going to have these and it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a thing because it, when, when they're set up properly or when you use them in a way that is the most optimal for the device, what ends up happening is that you you use your phone a lot less. So you're a lot more present all the time. Yeah. You're a lot less distracted and you know more at the same time, you know more faster. Yeah. Cause a lot of what I do on my phone is just checking notifications. Right. Like it's, half the time or more than half the time, I don't even respond to them. Yeah. I'm just checking to see what all's going on. Right. And if it's something I need to respond to, I will, but otherwise. Meh. Right. That's the other thing I've been thinking about is the notion, this notion of notifications. Mm-hmm. And like what, without notifications, there's no, this is, I haven't, this is not fleshed out, but it's like, I was like, what would happen if I, if I didn't get notifications? You, you can't not get notifications because then people will hate you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because before digital presence, you walked up to someone and you didn't ignore them. They're right there in your face or waving or honking yeah. at you or something. So there's, you know, this interrupt mechanism exists in the physical world and there needs to be an analog for it in the, in the digital world, because if there isn't one, then there's no way to get in touch with anybody remotely. Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of the notifications that people get are things that could easily wait. Like you don't actually need to be notified that this thing happened, mm -hmm. but still there are times when like sometimes, yeah, I really need to get a hold of you for something, for instance, for something for work. Mm -hmm. And I'll send you an IM, an instant message on on ADM, and hope you get back to me. And if you don't, then if it's something urgent, I'm going to send you a text message. Right. I feel like, like that'll the get the most a urgent response. thing is an SMS. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's weird. Like that's a whole nother. Like we've had other episodes about like notification echo chamber and, and stuff, yeah, yeah. And overload and but there yeah. it, there's. You can't not have them, though. It, it breaks everything. It breaks the whole digital society if there's no notifications. Unless yeah. unless there was, like, the equivalent of a cocktail party or, like, a nightclub or a bar or something where you went to a public space digitally, like, virtually, and that's where you were allowed to be interrupted. <laughs> but that still doesn't work because there's exceptions. You know, like Erica, like Erica needs to have this interrupt mechanism. Yeah. To get me at any time. That's, yeah. It's, I'm sure someone's like already written a PhD about this, but it's like totally thought through already. But it's probably so. It's really, if you really, really think about it, they're, like our filtering mechanism for notifications is horrible. Yeah. And it's like app specific. It's, it's funny. I mean, I know different people use them differently. And I think. I think a lot of it is probably an age thing, but like, I'm not one of those people that just like, I don't text people to have a conversation with them. If I'm going to do that, I'll, I'll do it over instant messenger, but I don't SMS. Mm -hmm. Like I know people who text back and forth constantly. 
my father oddly being one of them. Yeah, I mean, someone but, that people would, yeah, could argue I, there's I no don't. difference. Like to, yeah, like to me, to me, a text message is for something that's semi-urgent or like really time sensitive. So this is funny because you, I am on your computer. I do. I do not necessarily. So like to mm -hmm. me, there's no difference between an SMS and a text message. I mean, a text message, an SMS and an IM because yeah. I, yeah, they're both, they both show up as notifications on my phone. I might not even notice which one I'm on. Mm -hmm. So like if we're chatting on my phone, like half the time, you know, half the time, well, lately it's been my watch. Yeah. <laughs> Italy. Um, uh, you know, but most of the time I'm on, uh, a lot of times I'm on my phone, but then if we have like a long conversation, I'm almost always on my, at a keyboard somewhere. Right. Yeah. But like, I, I have like this hierarchy of, of importance and of, of level of interruption. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like email, I am SMS, actual phone call. Oh yeah. Actual phone calls like the nuclear option. Yeah. I've probably called Erica on the phone twice in the last year. <laughs> That's and it's because there's some really like like major thing. Well, yeah, that would definitely be the case. But I, I, it's weird because the times that it has happened recently, it was like, here's a thing that I don't know how to type. Like yeah. this, it's like a brainstorming type of question. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it's like even even my friends who live out of town, which is <laughs> the vast majority of my friends, um, <laughs> all my friends like me better when they live far away. <laughs> I don't know what that says. They like living near but, you when you're not living in Kentucky. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> but like even then, like I don't just randomly call my friends. Like like we say, okay, well, you I know. make an appointment. Let's, let's talk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, calling someone is unbelievably rude. It is, it is. But when you think about it, it's no different than, like, you're causing a bell to ring in someone's house, at least back in the old days. Yeah. Well, the difference is you can't get, you can't, like, ignore it or get away from it in a way, as quickly without being a jerk. Well, and that's the thing. Like, that's the thing that's sort of so, that's the thing. Like, you could turn off your notifications, but people will hate you. Like, yeah. that's so antisocial. That it's beyond rude. It's very rude to just shut off your notifications. Like my my father, if you don't get back to him, if he texts you or IMs me on Facebook, if I don't mm -hmm. get back to him in like thirty minutes, he calls me. <laughs> and if he and then he'll leave a message, and I don't answer. I don't answer the phone. Sorry. Yeah. And so he leaves me a message, and then Google Voice translates it and sends me an email so I can read what he said. Right. <laughs> and then I know how important it is or it isn't, and then I'll text him back. You know. So I have to like. Yeah. It's like all these, all these personal relationship expectations are like, you can't, you, you basically need to be a jerk. Yeah. Or, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's this. Yeah, it's like I have to, I have to tell people, like, okay, I'm going to ignore Instant Messenger for a while or I'm going to ignore email for the rest of the day. Right. Um, it's some, there's, it's weird. And there's this yeah. thing I read about called Faraday Zones. Did we talk about this? We did. Yeah, it's like a, a a place that you go that all your electronics don't work, right? Or they don't connect, right? Well, we got off on a tangent here, didn't we? Well, it's about. I mean, the watch is very to me. To me, like I'm seeing. Before I got the Gear Live, there was only one smartwatch that I thought was worth wearing, and it, it was, was the Pebble. Pebble. And yeah. now there are two. The Gear Live is definitely worth wearing, 
And the, the thing that I'm noticing now that there are two of them in sort of identifying what are, is, is the strengths and weaknesses of, yeah, that, that aren't necessarily watch specific, like the hardware, mm-hmm. the, if you get away from the watch specific stuff, the, the thing is the, the watch is about knowing things knowing instantly, stuff. glancing yeah. at visual information yeah. very quickly, very, very basic, very low interaction, if any. Yeah, it's like what Google Glass wants to be. <laughs> yeah, Glass is dead. I mean, like the, this watch, the watch is the watch is what like that's the other. I mean, the other thing, the reason why I think wearables are going to catch on is that uh, sorry, not wearables in general, but watches are going to catch on is because there's absolutely no stigma to wearing a yeah. watch. In fact, if anything, it's more of a statement to not wear a watch than it is to wear one. Yeah, like you're saying, I don't care about. I'm I'm not beholden to the clock as much as other people or whatever, or I don't care about this fashion jewelry thing, but it's, but no one's going to look at you funny if you have a watch on. No. Um, no I still get comments on that watch every time I go out. It's pretty weird looking. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But no one thinks you're a jerk. Like no, no one's going to like, like, Oh, that, that's weird. What is it? Yeah. That's wild. So, but you know, glass is like, <laughs> Uh, maybe my computer's here. No. But glass is like, like face computer is not going to catch on. Like no. as soon as I got it, I was like, this is not going to catch on. Yeah. Not, not this model. Like it's kind of, it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of neat, kind of fun, but it's, it's not going to stick around like that. Right. Yeah. It needs to be, and wearables in general, they need to either be gorgeous or invisible. Mm-hmm. And the, the for them to catch glass on. was neither <laughs> glass was neither gear is not gorgeous but it's pretty nice looking it's mm-hmm. it's pretty nice looking it's as nice looking as an iphone like 3gs let's say it's kind of like yeah. on par with that nicer looking than the pebble oh pebble's god awful i'm sorry have you i'm seen, sorry have you pebble tried friends. The, have you seen don't they have a metal one yeah but it just looks like a crap casio yeah that's true it's just the and it's the same the design price. of the case and not not and in addition to just being plastic like it's got that big wide bezel and it's just eh. it'll be interesting to see if i go back to the pebble after the live because yeah. the, because there are a lot of things about it like it the live's much better looking but you can't see the screen the mm-hmm. battery is horrible but i can charge it in the shower oh so, does it vibrate yeah yeah the watch vibrates okay yeah vibrations is critical that was another thing that i, I was thinking about mentioning was that um, when I was wearing both watches at the same time, I'm like, this is just too nerdy even for me. So I'm going to put one of these on like my belt loop or like on the on my bag. And it's, you, yeah. you might as well not even Because the belt it. loop is so much better. Well, it would be under my shirt, but yeah, yeah that'd be pretty, pretty bad. Um, but so here's the thing, like that, when you do that, all of a sudden you realize how important it is to f- actually have it on your wrist. You might, was, mm-hmm. might as well not even have it if it's not on your wrist. You need to feel that vibration and you need to be able to glance at it without touching anything. Yeah. And if you can't do that, it's not, it is no point. So, so that the notification thing, I still think there's something that could be done with notifications where, where you set up different textures for different things. Yeah, I think so too. And, and just for a teaser for a future show, I really think, I think the way that it's going to catch on with the mass market is that every company is going to come out with an analog regular face every every watch company regular watch company will eventually have connected analog face smartwatches mm. that have analog controls analog hands and uh 
you know, different dials on there that, um, that do all of the very most basic things that are critically important to have on your wrist. They tell you things like, here's how much time until your next, you've got this many minutes till your next meeting. You've got this, this many dollars until your bank, your house checking account is empty. You've got this many more calories for the day, just gauges like a dashboard. Yeah. And you, and you know, this is when your alarm is set to go off and you could have all these different things represented with a single hand or multiple hands and it would be great. And yeah, you wouldn't see text on it. And yeah, you wouldn't be able to like swipe to delete or whatever, swipe to archive, but you'd have a gorgeous traditional looking timepiece that, that people would potentially pay a thousand dollars for because people will pay a thousand dollars for a tag Heuer or like a low end Rolex or a really nice Hamilton. But they don't want to pay that for like if 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 Samsung came out with a Gear Live for a thousand dollars, people would have laughed. Yeah, yeah, they would. Because it's not a classic watch. I think anyway. Richard's got a pretty pricey watch, but he wouldn't spend that kind of money on a smartwatch. Hmm. Yeah, isn't that funny? I had the same reaction from a ton of people. I'd pay I'd pay two thousand dollars for a Rolex if I had it, but if the if that Rolex had Bluetooth, I wouldn't. <laughs> Cause I was like, I, cause I said, I, I was saying on Twitter, I'm like, Apple's not coming out with a watch this year. If Apple's getting yeah. into the watch, they'll get into the fitness market, which you may wear on your wrist and it may have the time, but it's not going to be the watch market. Yeah, that's true. Cause they're not going to come out with a watch that like Apple competes at the high end. They, they they compete at the high end of the mass market, like BMW, not quite luxury, but very high end. And they're not going to go into a market where you can pay $6 million for a watch and they're not going to come in with a $200 watch. It doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't think anyway. So I was like, so I'm saying I don't on know. Twitter. I can see Apple. I can see Apple trying to like put a band on an iPod Nano and like, why? you know, I mean, why I can, I can see that, them. Though? Well, not, not an iPod Nano specifically because it's not internet connected, but I can, I can see them trying to do like a small touchscreen running iOS. Not that I think that's smart or that they should. I just, I, I don't know. If they do that, it's because they're scared. The bejesus is scared out of them by Android yeah. Wear. If they do that, but I guarantee you they will not do that. I'm, I'll bet 20 bucks. They do not do that because they're going to look at this because there's no smartwatch market. It has not been proven that there's a market for smartwatches. True. It's proven that there's a market for fitness wearables. I don't know. I guess I could just see them making that sort of knee-jerk reaction to Android Wear. That's just not their style. They wait for the innovators to duke it out, and then they wait until there's a market, and they wait until they can tweak an existing design into perfection, and then they annihilate everyone. Uh, I guess you have more faith in them remaining than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, things have changed there, and, and they might do something different. They could certainly surprise me, and... and even their marketing messages have gotten a lot more shrill and scared. Mm -hmm. So maybe they'll do that, but if they do it, it's going to be dumb and it'll be a flop. Yeah. Like it's not going to be like an iWatch, an iPhone on your wrist is not a, a win. No, it's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. So if they, uh, they're going to come out with a fitness, they'll, it'll, there'll be a fitness thing, yeah, a fuel a band type product. of thing or a Fitbit type of thing. And they'll come out with a watch in a couple of years. And, and the one exception to this is if they come out with a, a, a an expensive, nice gold watch that's a, a grand. That's like, this is how you do a watch, people. Yeah. You do a $1,000 watch that's gorgeous yeah, that everybody I, I wants. I can see them doing that. Yeah, they won't do that either. But if they were going to, if they come out with a watch and they don't do that, they're crazy. They shouldn't do a watch. 
efficient. The market's not there yet. Yeah. It will be, but it's not. They're they're late adopters. Apple like likes to. Everyone's it's like, true. They are. Yeah, they're not innovators. They let the innovators duke it out, and then they come in and clean up the mess. Yeah. They claim they innovate, but yeah, well, let's say that they we innovated. Just, we innovated on touch screens or click wheels or whatever. Yeah. But they're not innovating in the market. In the watch market, the traditional watch market is nothing like anything they've ever yeah. been in before. It's yeah. They, they well, that's you put it well. They may innovate on technology, but they're not innovating in the market. Right. They didn't invent cell phones. They didn't invent even <laughs> smartphones or PDAs. They just nailed them. They nailed yeah. it. Or MP3 players, or yeah, MP3 players. Are, like even like, and people argue, oh well, they they totally were the first to market with iPad with tablets. And really, to me, a tablet, the iPad, and the the way that it's catching on in the market is the netbook replacement. They basically optimized yeah. the netbook. They're like, this yeah. is what a netbook should be. That's a little bit of a stretch, but I but that's my that's my metaphor, so I'm sticking with it. <laughs> no, I I kind of felt the same way when they started doing tablets. Mm. It's like, well, it's a, it's an answer to the craptasticness that is the netbook. Right. And that's the market they're eating. They they destroyed yeah. the netbook market. It's funny, and now we have Chromebooks, which feel like netbooks, mm. but they're not. They're just a browser <laughs> with some physical Chrome. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. I could keep talking about this all night, but it's I can smell <laughs> dinner upstairs. Uh, I don't think Richard started cooking yet. I, I've talked him into cooking tonight. So. Is he making s'mores? No, we're having breakfast for dinner. Richard nice. was not a fan of the s'mores. He's really not a marshmallow guy. Uh, I'm not either, but even I like s'mores. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not a bummer because he had, he would have, his whole life would seem so empty. That's true. That's true. You know, I made, that's, <laughs> about last year, last year I made these, um, like awesome stuffed, like loaded baked potato things. <laughs> yeah. And Richard's like, oh, these are really good. And I was like, yeah, I remember mom making them when I was a kid, and I really liked them, so I thought I'd make them. And he's like, I don't know whether to be really happy that you made this or mad at you that we've been together for 17 years, and this is the first one I've had. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm starving. So, yeah, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, it's late. All right, I'm going to get in trouble. we got to go. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, I, I'm surprised I didn't get a notification on my wrist. <laughs> oh, wait, I did. <laughs> All right. That's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. <laughs>